everybody. This is Andrew May. You are listening to Story and Growth. I'm here with my co-host, Katie May. Hey, hey. We are here today to talk about the truth about everything. We're here to shoot the shit and be real. If that sounds like something you're into, let's go. Yeah, this is part one of a two-part series. This week, we'll be talking about the first five things that will change your life. The 10 decisions that will change your life. In its entirety over part one and part two. Boom. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to start off by being transparent. Uh, Katie and I have a lot of shit going on in our lives right now. And uh, sometimes you're in the thick of the the muck and it's hard to show up as your best self uh, or your authentic self or even to know who the fuck you are. That's where we're at today. If you notice like a different tone or like, I believe people can kind of like pick up on stuff. So if you notice anything different about us, that's what is going on. And I'm sure at some point we will share more, but it's like, do you want to talk from the wounded place or the <laughs> healed place? Yeah. Yeah. And I, tried to tried to do our normal intro, which is kind of very high energy. And it, it just felt like I was phoning it in. It, I couldn't muster, couldn't do it. So maybe, maybe I'll go back in and later and record it and you'll hear it and you'll be like, wow, that's a change in tone. <laughs> like it might be high energy and then, uh, come to this, which is fine. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the podcast episode today is called the truth about everything. Um, and it feels a little disingenuous just based on, I feel like I'm holding back a lot today and I know I'm being nebulous and, uh, vague, vague, <laughs> but the name of the book that I'm currently reading, is just mostly essays, uh, by this chick that we love her work. It's Brianna Weist. And I've been saying her fucking name mm-hmm. wrong the whole time. So if you've heard us talking about the mountain is you by Brianna Weist, it's actually Brianna Weist. Um, and anyways, like I, I love the way that she plays with words and I love what she does with words and just, I've found her work to be pretty instrumental in my growth journey. And so, uh, one of the essays she wrote is called the 10 decisions that change your life. And, uh, yeah, we'll just go through each one of them and kind of, give our thoughts on each one. Um, and if you haven't read any of Brianna, damn it. God damn. Brianna. Yes. (laughs) Brianna Weist. Brianna, Brianna. Yeah. I was trying to church it up like Joe dirt. Brianna Weist. It's Brianna. Brianna Weist. If you haven't read anything by her, the mountain is you is, is one of my favorite books I've ever read. And then if you want your life to just get fucking ripped open, uh, get the truth about everything. Sounds like everybody's going to be signing up for that one. It's, it's like a hundred, hundred pages, roughly like a little over a hundred pages, but it's just got some stuff that when you read it, you're like, Oh man. Wow. Um, and and they're shorter, you know, it's not like a lot of books where it's, it'll take a full chapter on a subject. It's just like very condensed, heavy, meaty stuff, like Mm. to the point. So Number one, deciding that you have the power to change. I'm all about the power of thought and the fact that we're all creators of our own experience. The day you decide you want to change something about your life is the first step of the journey. 
Mm. Yeah. I, a lot of what comes up for me with a lot of what I read from her is and her work is that we have agency and that we are creators of our own experiences. So we get to choose, we get to decide, we get to create the life that we want and we don't have to leave it up to chance or just float along with Mm -hmm. whatever comes our way. Um, And I think there's power in that. Oh, there is. And I think like we're experiencing and have experienced before as well, it's fucking hard (laughs) to own the stuff about your life that doesn't feel authentic or doesn't feel like you want to be living in that way. Like it's hard, you know? And I think we've said this before on here, like it's easy to kind of say like, Oh yeah. Choose discomfort over comfort or blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But then when you're in the middle of the discomfort, you're like, I don't know how you feel, but my, like everything in me screams like, no, 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 no. This isn't right. This isn't right. Like we've got to get back to, to like peace and equilibrium and which I think is a beautiful state to be in. But I also think there's, there's a need for you to sometimes just be uncomfortable. Like we're both kind of feeling right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's unsteady. It's unsettling. And it's kind of all consuming too. It can kind of just take over your mind and your thoughts and make it hard to show up mm-hmm. in any real way because you, you don't have a whole lot left in the tank. Yeah. It's funny. Like I was messaging with a friend on the way to get school supplies today and just talking about like the shift in energy and like things happening in life right now. And I I feel like a lot of people are going through a lot of change and a lot of like evaluation of like, where do I actually want to be in my life and Mm -hmm. and how do I want to live? And I think COVID has brought that to us just by nature of like completely shifting everything. And so I was talking to her and like feeling like, yeah, like, I am doing all this work and like feeling very spiritually connected. And yet I still have to go buy school supplies for my kids. Like I still have to do like normal human shit. And I just said to her like, yeah, I'm just going to go in here, like pretending like I'm not about to ascend this bitch. Cause Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you've ever felt this way where you're like in between like the life that was and the life that's that you're like maybe manifesting or that's coming And you're just like, and yet I still have to take care of like what needs to be taken Mm -hmm. care of. And, you know, it's not like I'm, I can be like some monk that's just like, not that monks have an easy life, but it's like, I can't just seclude myself for two weeks and just figure shit out. It's like, you have to do it in the midst of your kids saying mom 400 times a day and your kids needing this and work and you know so it's it's hard Mm -hmm. yeah and I do think if you're you know I think our generation has been accused and the next generation of if it doesn't feel right then you know find something that does and that can seem like very non-committal and very Mm -hmm. just kind of like oh just go where the wind blows or uh, just be selfish. Basically, if this isn't a right fit, then find something that does fit. I don't disagree with any of those things. I I think it's a matter of your perspective as to whether you 
think that that's a positive or a negative, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I think I say that to, to also say that like, if you're not happy with the way that your life is, then you have the power to change it. Mm-hmm. You have the ability to, uh, flip it upside down. Um, or to, I don't know, fuck. <laughs> kind of why I didn't want to record today. Yeah, it feels so fucking fake to just sit here and be like, you have the power to change. You have the ability to change your your life and and whatnot. Like, I just feel like I have no authority or no, like, I'm not speaking from any place of I'm just regurgitating shit that I read that sounds good to me. And when I read it initially, I was like, yeah, this all sounds awesome. I I don't know that you're being disingenuous though. Like mm-hmm. I feel like you're in a very specific part of this process and we both are. And we're in the part like we can't like fully disclose it all right now, but like we can still say like there's different phases to this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like there's different phases to like actually creating the life that you want or creating the life. And some of those phases are really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I guess I would say this, I I would say today's episode is going to be a different one for sure. And I think this would be something that I would be tempted to after the fact, just be like, no, let's scrap that and just not like put an episode out this week or whatever. But I do think it's important for people to not just hear the good stuff and the encouragement and the whatnot. It's like, sometimes you're just down. Like I had my, my mentor, my photography mentor, he's had someone stealing his photo courses and reselling them and making money off of it. And like he recently did a post about, just, you know, being upset. He didn't oust the guy cause he's a really just kind of top notch dude. Um, but I, I think sometimes you're just in the shit and sometimes you have mm-hmm. to just sit in that place and it feels naked and it feels kind of flayed and, mm-hmm. and vulnerable. And it's easy for me to talk about how we value vulnerability, but to really like speak about it on a podcast from the place of vulnerability is entirely different because mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I've done the work on this that that needs to be done um and yeah again I'm being vague but like um you know I there are some things that are being put into place uh, we've alluded to it before we've talked about you know me getting a therapist before and I was probably 20 episodes ago, which means it was like 20 weeks ago or whatever. So, uh, yeah, definitely going to be doing personal therapy is like, Oh yeah, get a therapist journal, do these things. Like, and uh, some of them are things that I haven't done myself. So like, I think therapy works. I've done couples therapy, but I've never done personal cause there's just shit that I don't want to deal with, uh, that I'm going to. So, uh, I think it's, you, you very- have the power to change. I mean, I think it's really an act of courage. Like I was just sitting down before this to write to my email list and I haven't finished it yet, but 
I started writing like the courage to heal because it is an act of courage. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fucking hard to really claim and chase your own healing. Like it's easy when you're not in the thick of it to be like, Oh yeah. Like just chase healing. And, but when you're in the thick of it, you're like, why would anybody want to like knowingly enter into this? Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I know from prior shit the freedom on the other side is so worth it, mm. but you have to go through the suck of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's Brene Brown that just says like you, there's just times where you are working through stuff that you just have to embrace the suck because mm-hmm. it just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is where we are, right? Like if you're listening to this, like we're, that is where we are right now. <laughs> yeah. Like we're like, we are committed to wanting to still show up here like, cause we could have just been like, we could have we're, we're going to take a break yeah. and, and maybe we'll get to that point where we really truly need to take a break. But right now, I think for both of us, this podcast has been a part of our healing journey and I think it can continue to be. It's just, we're in process, like we've said. And sometimes that process is like, we're on the verge of breaking down. And we just care about this community and we appreciate y'all walking through life with us. And I think it would be wrong of us to not show you some of this real life vulnerability that we're living right now. And while we can't like fully talk about all of it because we're still very much processing it ourselves, we still want to show up and be real with y'all as much as we can be. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot the shit and be real is not like a, I mean, it is a kitschy little saying and it's fun, but it also, the be real part is really important. The your story matters part is really important. Um, yeah, I, I fully agree. There's sometimes where we release episodes and I do feel like that not that we're pandering, but that we're speaking from this place of like, not authority, but just speaking from experience. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like such a novice right now in this. It Mm -hmm. just feels like, how are you even, I feel fucking dumb, you know, like Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going into kindergarten because I have no clue. I have mm-hmm. no clue about uh, what this is and what this looks like. And um, yeah, but I agree with you. I, I I got teared up when you said, you know, like this podcast has been a source of healing for us because I fully, that entirely resonates with me. Uh it's very thought out. It's very methodical. Um, you know, it's also why we changed the name to story and growth. Cause that's like, those are the two main tenets. It's like your story matters. My story matters. Like everyone's story matters. And through it, like if you're actually putting in the work growth happens. And, uh, I, I think that that's been the case for me and I hope it's been the case for our listeners as well. Yeah. 
so we might need to like do a part one of this. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. (laughs) Number two, uh, when you choose to make your work, what you're passionate about, the bills have to be paid. You have to get dinner on the table. Somehow I know, but if there's anything you decide to do, please make your life work what you love to do most. You don't have a career. You have a life. Live it. Mm, That resonates so much with me. Mm -hmm. Go. I think just realizing that I am a multi-passionate person and, you know, when I first like came into adulthood and, you know, became a nurse and got a job, I was like, oh, I love this job. I'm going to work here for 40 years and retire and get a good retirement. And I think I've talked about that before, but as I've like come into my own with my life, I've, I realized like there's parts of my job I really still love and it, it pays the bills. Right. But there's parts of it that don't feed my soul at all. And I think that's from that place is where embrace yourself whole was born and, and continues to grow and transition. And it's not paying the bills yet, but it feeds my soul. And I do think having something that, and if, if it's, I think it's Liz Gilbert in her book, big magic, she's talking about like creating and like sometimes what you love to create does pay the bills like your work. And sometimes it doesn't. And so you still have to work, but then have time to actually do the meaningful creative work that you desire that, that really fuels you. And And then maybe one day it melds and it does actually provide income. But I think there's just this process of like really figuring out what pays the bills versus what really like lights your soul on fire. And if they're the same thing, great. But if they're not, you still need to follow the thing that lights your soul on fire in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've just been fortunate that mine kind of like was something that I was super passionate about and I'm still very passionate about. And it also is, you know, very monetizable and it just feels like a, a kind of like happy accident mm-hmm. from my perspective. Um, and it's something I almost didn't do. Like, it's interesting how the world kind of gears you towards career or towards like, um, you know, just slow death by a thousand stabs of, doing this grind of like mm-hmm. a nine to five and it may not be the thing that fulfills your soul. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely seen with embrace yourself whole and the work that you're doing that it does feed you. And yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah. Number three, when you make your own family, You decide who that consists of, biological family members, men, women, friends, spouses, lovers, kids, animals, whoever. Family is one of those things that I believe you can choose. And there are few things more important than your family, whomever you choose them to be. Mm. And yeah, I mean, this for me is like, you know, if I have family members listening, like straight up no shade, but I do have friends that I'm closer with. And I think that that's okay. You know, that I would consider also Mm -hmm. family. I think family are people who 
love you no matter what and show up without judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that to me, I really love more of the like thought around community because family still in my mind is like your blood relatives. But then I, the more I think about it, I'm like, actually community to me is what resonates. Like, building your community. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a pause? No. I do think it's important, like she said, to find the people that you can rely on and who like, sometimes that is like blood family. Sometimes it's like people that you're choosing. I think one thing I'm learning is it's okay to set boundaries in your relationships, no matter who that is, if that's family, if that's friends, if that's work, like it's good to have boundaries for yourself Yeah. because so often, and what I've noticed in my own self is I don't set clear boundaries and I take on a lot for other people and then I end up getting resentful and that's not fair Mm -hmm. to anybody. Yeah. I also think of, family as you know what I said just a second ago people who you can tell anything to and they won't judge you and that to me is like what a a safe person is Mm -hmm. there's safe people there's specific people I thought to tell about the affair you know which was our initial episode like 79 weeks ago or or Mm -hmm. so that we dropped that um it was like a different life we live now it was (laughs) Uh, But yeah, there's specific people that I was like, okay, like I know I could tell them anything and they wouldn't Mm -hmm. judge me. Um, So yeah, I I do think that, you know, you get to choose who your family is, Mm. which is kind of weird to say. Like you, you don't get to choose your biological family, but you do get to choose who your fam is. Yeah, like, I guess it's all about labels, really, you know, Mm -hmm. like family is whoever you decide is your family. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it was, yeah, I was listening to Glennon Doyle's podcast with her ex-husband. I think I told you this last night that, you know, I don't know if you follow Glennon Doyle, but like she's kind of gone from like a Christian female writer to like a gay activist basically. And, um, just a very like passionate human being that shares a lot about her, her own story and her own process of going through mental illness and addiction and her husband's infidelity and then meeting her partner. Anyway, long story short, she was talking about how a lot of times if a family isn't in our minds, like what it should be, then we label it as broken. Mm. Like if a family, like if a parents are divorced or, you know, not together, it's like, Oh, that's a broken family. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, like there is no broken family except the family that doesn't allow people to actually show up and be who they really are. Yeah, that sounds broken. And so like what it looks like from the outside may be perfectly like normal family, 
but what's happening internally in the family Mm. is people feel like they can't be who they are. And so that actually is a broken family, even though they're together versus a family that may not be together, but values and loves each individual person as a whole human and that they get to be who they are. Yeah. Without like kind of like what you said, without judgment, without shame. Yeah. Getting to show up how they are. Yeah. I I loved, we had a discussion with our kids earlier about, that and that was kind of the messaging you gave them was like in this family you get to show up however and whoever you are we're not going to try to change you or you know make you wear different clothes make you anything but who you feel you authentically are Mm -hmm. and I think that's very important within any family structure and with any friendship like if you want Friends, if you want family to show up with that sort of courtesy and kindness and openness to to people, mm-hmm. being who they are, even if it is outside of what you deem normal or outside of what you are comfortable with. Yeah. And I think what I've learned too is when when you feel compelled to judge someone else, I think we've talked about this before it might be wise to actually look at what's going on inside your own heart because oftentimes when we are judging other people, it's because they are bringing up something about ourselves mm-hmm. that we're uncomfortable with or unsure of. It's not, it doesn't really has nothing to do with that person other than that they're being a mirror to us. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in my own life when I'm like being particularly judgy about something that someone's doing, if I really am honest, I'm like, it's probably because I feel like something really internally in me is not like fully being present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. We're burning right through these. (laughs) Number four. (laughs) Number four, not even halfway through. Uh, 10 decisions that change your life. Number four, when you start living within your means. In many cases, not all. It's just a simple issue of people who aren't living within their means, within the means they earn. This does not apply to people living in poverty, obviously. So I think this one's a little bit um, less heavy. Like just This is just good life advice, really. Uh, live within your means, you know? Uh, don't go into a bunch of debt with credit cards or with college tuition. Like, yeah, the whole college tuition thing is Mm -hmm. we're fortunate enough to where we didn't have a bunch of debt. Like you got mad scholarships and parental support. Yeah. And I got grants and scholarships and stuff because I went to a private Christian college and, um, yeah, my parents had, and they still have for our kids set aside money that like just grows over time in these accounts. And, uh, I still think the price for college is astronomical. I'm not a huge supporter of the like public or private college system. I think it's, way overpriced and ridiculous. Honestly, Uh, I wish there was a a more universal way for people to Mm -hmm. um, attend college and not be just strapped with debt for the rest of their life. Yeah. I mean, I think 
living within your means for me means really, and you, I mean, we've talked about this because I can go drop some dough at Target like that, like I did today on school supplies. But, but I think it's really a mindfulness to like check in with yourself. I mean, buying shit. I mean, we live in a consumerist society. I mean, capitalism is alive and well. And I think it is hard to like break that Mm -hmm. sometimes if that, if you're used to just like buying stuff. And so I think it's really like getting honest with yourself. Like, do I need this? Is this, am I trying to fill a void here by like spending money instead of just, you know, there's, I think, and I think what's helped me with that is like, what are my values? Like, what do I value? Yeah. And does purchasing this, sometimes it's a yes, absolutely. This is aligning with my values. Right. But then there's a lot of times where it's like, no, not really. Like I'm just buying stuff to buy stuff. Yeah. Cause we're spending mad money right now. Like we're essentially, and it's been deliberate. We basically refinanced our house, took some of the money out from what we had put into the house over time and uh, just got ourselves a nice budget to be able to redesign our house, redecorate our house and, you know, get new furnishings. We kind of had the same mismatched stuff for years and we finally have, man, our, our sitting room space just feels incredible. It's kind of, it's got this broho corner, which is boho, but (laughs) designed by a bro. And uh, yeah, this cool leather couch and this amazing green, uh, chair, like, uh, velvet, velvet chair that like, it's so nice to throw on lo-fi beats, sit in that chair and just, uh, what we've done is created a space that feels great to, to, for me to read, I'm reading more and I'm journaling more than I ever have. Mm-hmm. And so that was the point. I think I was telling my buddy, Chris, uh, who's a realtor, like we, we were potentially going to buy a new home. And he, he did a really good job of asking me questions of like, why, like, what do you, what are you going to get out of a new home? Or like, and a lot of my answers were like, I just need a space where I feel inspired and our current home just isn't doing it. And, you know, what we ultimately landed on was making the most out of this space that we have here. Cause we love the school district. We love the fact that it's cul-de-sacs. There's no through traffic. It's, there's so many great things about it. And, uh, I think now what we're spending our money on is just cultivating a space that is inspiring and, and, uh, supports, like you mm-hmm. said, what we value. And I value like spiritual connection or connection to just new knowledge, learning mm-hmm. about new things from other people, as well as from myself, connecting with myself through journaling. And so I think that's, that's why. So yeah, spend your money on things that will bring you joy. I know a lot of people like to have experiences over things. And I think that that's a real positive. Yeah. I think you can get a little bit, feel like it's a little vacant whenever you just buy things and they'll feel good for a time, but then. Yeah. Marie Kondo that shit. Yeah. It's like after, (laughs) after a bit, you're kind of like, this isn't, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have a lasting memory. Whereas an experience has this thing that will stay with you. Right. For 
ever. Like I, I still remember all my big vacations, like trips that I've done to Banff and to Portland, Oregon. And, mm-hmm. you know, our most recent one out West. Um, number five, uh, when you discover the simple things that make you happy and make it a point to do them every day. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I've always been taught that we have a baseline level of happiness that we eventually revert to regardless of what joy or sorrow we experience intermittently. The best way to change your life is to change the little daily routine things, the things that will up your baseline of happiness. So discovering the simple things that make you happy and make it a point to do them every day. And I think this for me just kind of like goes back to what I just said about journaling, Mm -hmm. um, reading. It's funny. Reading's become something that's been a lot more, important. I, I was like, I want to read, but I just don't have time. And it's like, I wasn't making time for it. I have time mm-hmm. to do most anything as do you. Um, it's just what we prioritize and I haven't been prioritizing it until recently. It's like, Oh, this has been a very missing component in my life that walking, hiking. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I one time I wrote down like a joy list, even like the things that actually like make me feel really happy and connected. And I think that's really important to just I encourage my clients to like write write down the things that, you know, like if I do this, I feel peaceful. I feel joy. I feel so that when you have those days where you don't automatically feel those things, you can go to your list and be like, okay, what feels good today to try to like bring some joy or bring some peace? Because I think what happens is so often we know what does, but if we don't like intentionally bring it in, it's so much easier to just be like, oh, I'm just going to like live in my misery today and mm-hmm. not like try to get myself through this in a different way, you know? Yeah. Um, like yesterday was a really hard day. And I think I told you, like, if I hadn't had things like that I needed to do with the kids, I probably wouldn't have done anything. I would just sat around and been sad. And I realized yesterday how important getting out in nature for me really is to bring me joy. Like I got in the water and it was freezing, but it was like rejuvenating. Mm. And like I sang by the waterfall because nobody could really hear me, but Isla, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, even on a hard day, I can, I can still find joy. I can still find things that do make me feel connected and happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Nature's the same for me. Like I've been running a good bit more recently. So like last week I did, I guess like 10 miles total, um, like just kind of three every other day. And then like I did one day, just one mile, but Uh, being out in the woods, I like to trail run and then afterwards doing some yoga and just putting my hand on trees and actually like connecting and grounding myself feels really good to me. So Mm -hmm. I, I fully agree. Getting out in nature more is super important. And there you have it. That is the first five of the 10 decisions that will change your life. Make sure to tune back in next week for the latter five of those 10 decisions that will change your life. The conversation has been inspired by a book I'm reading called The Truth About Everything by Brianna Wiest. And uh, these episodes have been a little different from what we normally provide. Uh, Like we alluded to in the episode, we are kind of in the middle of some darkness and some shit. And, uh, you know, 
but we felt it was important to leave these episodes the way they were kind of untouched. So I hope you're able to go on that journey with us and that we will see you all next week. Cheers, y'all. Peace. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, you can write us a review at Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. If you want to pick up some of our merch, you can do so at allegoryandelm.com slash shop. You can get a shoot the shit and be a real hat or a tri-blend shirt. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at Allegory and Elm. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers.